Today's podcast is brought to you by Auto Conversion. B2B companies are faced with a multitude of challenges today when it comes to sales and marketing. The perpetual need to be creating demand will almost never subside. But with so much noise in the marketplace, how can your company's message cut through and reach your target audience? At Auto Conversion, we have a way. Through conversations and relationships, we help our clients form, package, and deliver their branded messages in unique ways that create awareness, spark interest, and drive demand. Find out how in our brand new B2B Demand Generation Quick Start Guide, which you can download free today at www.autoconversion.net or by texting ACB2B to 555-888. That's ACB2B to 555-888. If you aren't growing your business, then your business is shrinking. Get the free guide today. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. All right. Hello. Welcome, everybody. We are here at our weekly mobility and connectivity show. I am Ryan Girardi. Today is Wednesday, July 10th. So happy hump day to you. Um, and happy don't step on a bee day. I actually just had a brush in with a wasp. I think there's wasps, wasps nesting out on my balcony. So uh, it reminded me of today. But yeah, today's Don't Step on a Bee Day. I'll probably bring up uh, some Twitter stuff, to, something fun to look at. Uh, but thank you for being here today. On the show, we're going to talk about uh, Team USA winning the FIFA Women's World Cup for the second straight uh, time. Uh, Boeing and Kitty Hawk have partnered up to... Uh, uh, build passenger drones together, and Tesla has a secret lab that we're going to talk about as well. And plus, a little bit meatier in the towards the show, we're going to be um, looking at cost plus method and how to uh, know your your uh, market and competitor landscape in the fixed ops portion of your dealership. So, and have a couple of guests lined up that are waiting in the wings. Uh, we've got Jason Unrau from Automotive Copywriter. And Catherine Swan from IntelliCheck will be joining us. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen. And, and I mentioned IntelliCheck. We have Catherine Swan coming on. IntelliCheck, like I said, provides mystery shopping and expert analysis to deliver reports about pricing, customer service, and telecommunications of your competitors and your own location. So they'll be on in just a moment. Um, before we get started, if this is your first time, uh, we do, this is streamed live here on YouTube and we record it and then we feature it on the auto converse podcast. Now, once the live stream ends, the video gets archived and the only way to see the recording is if you have the link and the best way to get the link is to sign up for the show. So go to autoconversion.net forward slash on air and I'll take you to the sign up page. You'll register and a whole bunch of information there. There's links to the Facebook event that we have about the show and there's also, get out your phones right now and do this, folks. Text the keyword AutoConverse to 64600, and we'll send you a link to, the, to each show every week, and you'll have it on your phone. You can tune in live right there on your phone or tune in later on your own. So that's the way to get the link. And then finally, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and that you have notifications on because then YouTube will send you the link 
on your phone as well. Uh, today's show brought to you by Digital Dealer. We have the uh, 27th annual, not annual, twice annual, Digital Dealer Conference and Expo. That is next month. And as an incentive for showing up today, let me know that you're here. Leave a comment. Post a comment somewhere, either on the Facebook event or here on YouTube, since that's where you're watching it, or on the blog. Let me know you're here. We will enter you in for our dealer ticket giveaway. We're giving away two free dealer passes to DD27, which is next month, August 19th, 20th, and 21st. And Digital Dealer is where dealers go to get ahead of the technology curve, delivering the largest array of industry speakers, peer-to-peer opportunities, and exhibit hall offerings, all carefully designed to impact groundbreaking strategies. And beyond our giveaway, uh, you can also get $200 off your registration if you register by the end of the month using our promo code ACDD27. So look for the banners on our site, click them, and that'll enter the code for you automatically. All right, so let's kind of get into things here. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, congratulations to Team USA winning their uh, second straight uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. Great game. Uh, first time in history that the USA has won back-to-back world titles. Um, and first time uh, that game in particular was first time they were shut out, our goalless, you could say, in, uh, in the first half of the game. But second half came in and uh, golden ball and boot winner Megan Rapine got a penalty shot. She knocked that in, took the lead. And then just a few minutes after that, Rose Lavelle, one of the midfielders, just had an amazing drive down the top of the field, top of the penalty box, knocked it in, and really capped off that game. So congrats. That's pretty exciting stuff. And uh, if you missed it, um, definitely go out and check on the replays. But very exciting. So congrats to the women's team. Um, What else? So Boeing, as I mentioned, and Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hawk does uh, – they basically do uh, autonomous technologies, if you will – but they have teamed up to develop vertical takeoff and landing uh, passenger drones. Um, So they're going to collaborate on urban air mobility. And um, they have the uh, Kitty Hawk's Cora aircraft, which is a two-person air taxi, has 13 rotors, and they plan to make these, uh, like I said, vertical takeoff and landing autonomous uh, passenger drones. So this world just gets cooler and cooler. It gets into the Jetson Jetson era. Um, So something to look out for. And then finally, we discover that Tesla has a secret battery lab. And let's do this. Um, Jason and Catherine, you're both here. Why don't you go and pop on your cameras? Hello, hello. Great to see you here. Hello. Uh, Catherine is dialed in from Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Obviously, she's inside. Otherwise, she'd be sweating because it's over 100 (laughs) degrees there. Still sweating. <laughs> and Jason is in um, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Canada, right? Correct, yeah. Got that down. And I see you have, is that a Les Paul behind you? It is, yeah. All right. Are you going to bust out some tunes on the show? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's still a work in progress. Well, it's good to have you guys up here. I appreciate it. Jason invited Catherine up here. This is a uh, uh, first time for both of them. Uh, but Jason and I have been collaborating a lot behind the scenes. And Jason uh, does some collaboration with Catherine's company, IntelliCheck. But my mm-hmm. question to you guys is, did you know that Tesla has a secret lab to build battery cells? 
I did not know that until you sent me the article yesterday. But I think it's absolutely amazing. I mean, um, I think all good companies have to have a little secret, have to have something in the works so that their competitors, um, you know, don't keep up or can't keep up as quick. Um, I mean, IntelliCheck, we had things in the work for a new system for three years and only just deployed it this year. So um, not that we're Tesla, but, you know, we're mimicking them a little bit. Jason, what do you have brewing in the works that you can't tell anybody about? Well, if I could tell somebody about it, then uh, it wouldn't be a secret, would it? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it, so is this Tesla lab, the, the Sparks Nevada lab, or is this something different? Uh, the report says it's in Fremont, California, and this was communicated from uh, former and current employees. Uh, to, so CNBC reported it. Basically, they, Tesla has partnered with Panasonic since 2014 to develop right. its yeah. batteries. And they claim that that's a large reason why they can't keep up or produce more vehicles is because of the limitation on the battery cell. So they've been uh, you know, developing their own battery technology because ultimately Tesla's vision for itself is to be a totally vertical company and produce everything from development, cars, and even its own software. I mean, they've been trying to build their batteries for a while now. Um, so I think that what they're just trying to do is um, vamp it up a little bit more, get more advanced and more widespread. Well, the word is out. And Jason, you do a lot of writing on the beat and automotive. So do you, do you, do you write about Tesla much? I have. Um, some of their new, new releases that they had, the Model 3, for example, I had a, a few articles about that. I'm still a bit of a skeptic when it comes to Tesla and their long-term viability, but you know, that's uh, something everyone's willing to debate. It just seems like they're always just, you know, one catastrophe, one, one bad publicity stunt away from just, you know, going out of business or something. But aren't a lot of companies? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, to be a mainstream car, I think he's going to get a little more stable. Elon's since he's uh, stepped since he's uh, stepped off the board. That's right. Yeah. Tesla gets they are a stigmatic brand for sure, um, and Elon doesn't help his cause. He reminds me of Trump in the tech business, just always trying to like, you know, just try to rile people up because he gets good PR out of it. So that's a great parallel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of Tesla. I've been ridiculed for covering Tesla too much. But when I launched Autoconverse, uh, when I relaunched it back in 2015, the tagline was the future of mobility. And I stayed away from automotive, but I would blog about like SpaceX and mm-hmm. Tesla. I don't know if you know, but they develops, um, you know, they do develop battery packs for like residential and commercial purposes. I don't know why it's taken them so long to develop them for their cars, but you know, they're, they're not, Tesla's not a car company per se. They're, you know, they're they're an electric, they're an electronics company. They're a, they're a, they're a tech company. Yep. Um, speaking of Tesla, today is uh, Nikola Tesla's birthday. So happy birthday to Nikola Tesla! You see on the um, artwork that we put out, and you guys both knew that coming into this. We're smart. You are smart. I so Tesla. My first. Uh, I guess you could say introduction to Tesla was actually the 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 rock group out of the eighties. Were you into uh were you into uh the the, the band Tesla? This is the first no? 
I know there's songs that I'll have to look them up, but like, um, what's that song? They do a cover song. Um, sign, it goes sign, sign everywhere. Sign. You know that song? Talking out the scenery, shaking my mind. Yeah. I think that's a cover from an old throwback song, but they did a song called uh, like love song. So mm-hmm. it's a ballad, power ballad from the eighties. So anyway, that's how, uh, that was how I learned about the original Tesla remake of Tesla. Okay. Um, so happy birthday to Nikola Tesla. Um, so good. Let's get into, uh, let's get into you guys a little bit. Um, Jason, you invited Catherine here from, from our conversation. So, uh, you know, maybe you could just, uh, tell us about what you're doing and then we'll have Catherine get into a little bit about what IntelliCheck does. Yeah, actually the reason that Catherine and I, um, met is uh, because I'm an automotive writer. Uh, so I write, uh, content mainly in the fixed operations realm, uh, for dealerships and, uh, and companies like IntelliCheck, uh, you know, whether it's for press releases or, um, or just general information articles, sales copy. That's what I do. So, um, yeah, David at IntelliCheck reached out to me and uh, asked if I'd be willing to do some work for them. And here we are. And now you got them on the air. You're a good sport, Catherine. <laughs> yeah. So, so what that's do you, kind of how we met. What do you do with all this amazing c- content that Jason writes? Well, really what we do is give them all the good stuff and don't tell them the bad stuff. No, but what we do is um, we gather automotive market intelligence. So sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad. Um, But what we really do is, um, so for example, we have a client, they have um, 840 dealers. So what we do is we call 840 dealers across the United States and then we call three competitors per each dealer. So it might be a Firestone that's like five miles away or you know, a Midas that's 10. So close competitors and we provide service data. So when we call, we call about a specific vehicle. Then we ask about maybe like an oil change or an alignment and we gather those service prices. So once we've done all 840 dealers, um, we provide this data to the individual dealers as well as to the corporation. So not only can the dealer see how competitive they are, but the corporation can then see, okay, are there areas that we can get discounts for bulk parts that we buy, et cetera. So you're really providing market intelligence. You'll, you'll call three competitors for every dealer. So out of 840 dealers, you have to basically make 20, 2,400 calls. Yep, plus that, because imagine us calling um, a tires place for tires, and then they don't do brakes or battery. So there's always more calls than we're, we're anticipating, but that's how we get the data. Okay, that's pretty cool. How long will that process take for that particular client? So that particular client would take about probably three months, maybe two months. So it really just depends on, one, how well did it go last time? Um, was it easy for us to call these different dealers and the competitors? But two, I mean, we have to review every call recording. Um, we also have to review all the, the data gathered. So there's definitely more beyond just the, the calling aspect. There's also the reviewing. So. so how do you store all this data? Actually, before you answer that, tell us what you do for the company. So I help bring in new clients and I also keep the current clients happy. So whether it's making sure we're meeting contracts or legalities between us, 
um, or even webinars, conferences. So I really deal with the business aspect of it. Um, and then I have uh, fellow reviewers or program managers who solely interact with certain clients and review data. Okay. And so how does the data get stored? Like what does a report look like for a dealer? So what a report looks like is uh, we like to call them information envelopes. So it will literally be like four boxes on the left-hand side box. It'll show the dealer price for an oil change. The next three boxes will show you Firestone, Midas, and Pet Boys. Therefore, boxes for that exact vehicle and service. So we really try to make it easy on the eye um, for them to easily glance to see how competitive they are. So, all right. So it's funny. I'm gonna. This is me. I'm silly. When you said boxes, I was literally thinking three-dimensional boxes. It took me a minute to realize you just meant like boxes, mm-hmm. like a square. <laughs> I'm like, what a cool report you give me a box and it's got yeah. all this cool data yeah, you just in flip it. it over. Yeah, that's what we need. Three-dimensional data reports. Bring back snow now. Break away from the bar graphs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, I, again, I, I'm, I'm paying attention and I, I feel like I might have missed something, but I already know this is all for fixed ops, right? That's the market intelligence you're providing? So we do it for a lot of different companies. So we do work with fixed ops, but we also work with individual brand OEMs, even aftermarket as well. But our main client is definitely... Um, OEMs. Okay. Is it always automotive? Yes. Okay. So it's not like you're doing similar stuff for other industries and types of companies. It's no, we've been approached, but really our core competency is within the automotive industry. Okay. Anything that you can share that, you know, I guess is cool or just cool or novel that wouldn't be obvious to the, uh, the average listener. (sighs) I don't know about the market, about these companies. I think what's interesting is a lot of dealers don't realize that an average consumer thinks that they're twice as expensive. And so that's what gets me is we've actually done market studies where we put an all male group an all female group, and then a mixed group um, into just different conference rooms. And we literally had them guess, they see the aftermarket price. How much do you think the dealership price will be? And they always came back, every single group, that they were twice as expensive. And that, it, it's what everyone thinks. And I find it very interesting because with the data, that's not always accurate. You're saying all consumers always think that the price of like parts is twice as much as it really is through a dealer. But what about through... You know, like I'm, like you mentioned, uh, an independent, a Midas or a Jiffy. Yeah, so I'm referring to like services. So let's say um, Firestone's on the board and it has a $50 oil change. They always assume a dealership will be $100 for an I oil see. change. Yep. So, go ahead. And, so it, and it's not usually. I mean, dealerships are typically going to be more expensive, but not twice as much. Exactly. They, I mean, they have the OEM part, um, so there are more... Um, advantages. Um, they have certified technicians um, and they only work on one brand. So there's no confusion between the different brands. But um, yeah, I mean, we find as long as they're within 20% of their market, the comp- uh, the consumer will choose to go to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely a bad stigma with all dealerships is that consumers don't trust their pricing. One of the things that I've found, you know, having worked with uh, IntelliCheck a little bit as well, um, and just seeing some of the data 
is that there's a lot of services that dealers provide that are actually lower than the competition and customers just don't know about it yet. It's, it's really quite impressive how competitive they are and they just need to need to tell the customers about it. I read a statistic a few years ago, so, but I'm sure it's relatively accurate that 70% of vehicle owners even when their vehicles in warranty are taking their cars to independence for, for service and repair, mm-hmm. even when, even when yeah. it's under warranty, they're, they'll start doing that. So I think a lot of that one has to come down to knowledge. Okay. Do they understand that their vehicle still within warranty? What are the limitations for the warranty? Um, but I also think it comes down to, um, again, the upsell. I mean, they can go get, you know, whatever is covered in warranty, but I think that they're scared of, you know, the higher prices, the higher fees. And, you know, like Jason said, we have to get those prices out there, but we also have to get amenities out there. You know, maybe they have Wi-Fi, maybe they have loaner vehicles that you can borrow, you know, something to validate. Maybe they are more expensive, but why? What justifies that? Dealers definitely bring uh, that added value, amenities, uh, guarantees, warranties, if you will, on the work, especially when it's through uh, the OEM. Um, mm-hmm. So there, yeah, it's definitely dealers have a leg up on that. Um, but you know, it's still um, again, there's a stigma, and uh, and so a lot of that stigma is legitimate. So I recently had to replace a battery, which shocked me because my car was two years old. But we had we had such a sub freeze this winter for about three days, it actually killed the battery. Um, and so I went to the dealer, got a quote, and then I went to, uh, I think it was either AutoZone or Advance, I can't remember which one, and I could get a more powerful battery with a, with a longer warranty, the one that the dealer could get, they could only get me one battery, it was through the OEM, um, and it was cheaper, and, and free installation, the dealer wanted to charge me. so. You know, I was like, I politely was like, it doesn't make sense for me to buy a battery from you. But I shopped them. You know, I gave them, I gave them the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, amenities, that's, uh, that's what you got to focus on as a dealer is uh, that, that added value in the relationships. We, we talk about that all the time on our, on our programs. Um, One of the statistics for, for dealerships, it's up in the air a little bit as to how, how accurate it is, but uh, within the first year, of customers, within the first year of buying their vehicle, 50% of customers defect from the dealership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not surprised. I don't take my car to the dealer I bought it from, um, only because I didn't want to buy it from the dealer that was closer to me. (laughs) I gave him a (laughs) shot. You know, who has to drive 30 miles to go get your car service? So I took it to the dealer I didn't buy it from, and they're great on the service side. So I'm I'm happy. I, I keep going back. So, so one final question, I'm just curious, uh, you know, this is a, you know, business technology, uh, show here. You're, you're an automotive, you know, uh, you know, brand, if you will, what do you guys do at IntelliCheck to get through and connect with your dealers? You've been around a while as a company, so there's probably a lot of, you know, referral, if you will, dealers probably talk about IntelliCheck, but I wouldn't say IntelliCheck some sort of big name brand in automotive. So what do you guys do to reach out and connect with dealers? So Jason definitely helps a lot with um, his articles and different series that we have going. Um, What we find is, 
you know, a lot of our OE corporations that we work with, their dealers get bulletins, get memos. Then that dealer or that owner or that service manager moves to a different franchise. Um, then through that, that's kind of how it spreads is, okay, we used you at a different company. Um, that's really how it, how it works. Um, but we're lucky that way. I mean, a lot of it is just inbound sales is because of word of mouth. Um, and so um, that's why more articles are helping. And and it sounds like a lot of your business is actually through uh, more of a channel partner that has the dealers. They're hiring you to, to service their dealers. Exactly. I mean, we have worked with, and we still do work with individual dealers, but we find that um, with how much data we have that the corporation just benefits from it. So a lot of time, uh, big brands will buy it for their dealers across the United States. Very cool. Well, Jason, you know, you and I do similar work. I find I learn a lot about you know, real niche aspects of the industry. And, and you, you know, you even shared some of the things that you've learned just from working, uh, yeah. doing writing with IntelliCheck. Anything you want to add to that? Well, a bit of a plug actually for IntelliCheck that the dealers should check out is the, the widget that they offer uh, for competitive comparison pricing. It's a phenomenal tool. There's nothing that compares to it if, uh, if you want customers to know what your pricing is like compared to your local competition, that widget's the way to go. Let me bring that up. Is that on the website? I don't know if it's on the website, honestly. I know it's in, I think, some articles Jason did. Um, I don't know if it's on the website. So you said a little widget is what you said. So that's not this... Uh, nope. down, no, that's a brochure. Okay. Yeah. How do you get the widget? Um, so what it is, is it's just like this little tile that will go onto um, a dealer's page. And what it is, is it actually shows um, services, vehicles, and then you can even show amenities. So little check marks that you have a loaner vehicle, but Firestone doesn't. So um, we also can incorporate scheduling service. So we want to make sure that we keep the consumers right on the dealership's website. So look at the competitive services that they offer. Look at the amenities that they offer and then schedule service immediately through that. I see. So the so you said it's a, you call it a widget, Jason, but yeah. it, go, it belongs at the dealership is where, where it goes. Correct. I got you. Okay. When you said I was thinking it was like a tool that you evaluate. Um, well, very cool. Since I have this up, so have you ever heard of Don't Step on a B-Day? I have not. But I'm I actually pulled up some information on this. What's that, Jason? I pulled up some information on Don't Step on a B-Day, actually. Yeah, I uh, well, couldn't find a whole lot. What, what can you tell us? Uh, the average bee will only make one-twelfth of a teaspoon of honey in its lifetime. One-twelfth a teaspoon of honey? In its lifetime, yeah. And it takes 90,000 miles of flight uh, for, for bees to produce one pound of honey. That's crazy. Oh, that is wild. What's the lifespan of a bee? Isn't it like nine days or something? Uh, six weeks for worker honeybees. I don't see anything about the drones, though. Yeah. Yeah, there's, it's true. There's all sorts of different types of bees. I eat honey every day. It's a part of my diet, a little spoonful, a little spoonful of honey. It's crazy. Well, very cool. Um, well, Catherine, thanks for sharing uh, what you did about IntelliCheck. It, um, it's 
always fun learning about new things that, that uh, I'm unfamiliar with. Of course. Um, and Jason, I look forward to reading some of the stuff that you have going on specific to IntelliCheck. Stop that off there. Shut that off. Okay. Um, so why don't we go ahead and uh, let you guys go because we're all – I know you're busy and got stuff to do. Um, I have one shout-out for Terry Lancaster. I pointed <laughs> out to uh, Sully in his uh, interview a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, mine's got boo here as well, though. So <laughs> That's boo. Better. I like that. Hold that up again. So uh, Terry Lancaster co-hosts with me about once a month on the program. And behind – his background, he's got uh, Sully up there. So, yeah, Jason, you had noticed that. But he doesn't have Boo. Boo got lost. Well, his daughter has Boo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jason's got the Boo. Where's that's your awesome. Sully, Catherine? Yep. I don't know. I didn't know. I like your background. It looks very serene and, uh, what would you say, like calming. I, like, I have, like, elephants and vehicles and then unicorns. Got to keep it a little girly. Why is happiness broken into three? Like, why is it broken up like that? Is it because well, of the I also enjoy writing. So happiness, like that's how you phonetically would pronounce okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So. I don't know if there was other significance other than, you know, happiness. I'm sure we can like dive deep into it, but we don't have to now. <laughs> I always love that Beatles song, Happiness is a Warm Gun. I don't. I can't play music on the show because then YouTube blocks it off. So I used to do that. I'd open up with some background music, and then YouTube's like, "Hey, you can either have no sound during that time, or you can take it offline." So, no mm -hmm. music. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys. If you want to go ahead and exit out, appreciate you being here, and then I'm going to go ahead and yeah. wind down the show for everybody. All right. So what I'm going to do, guys? Uh, lots of stuffs changing. Uh, so let me just do a quick orientation lets you out of here bing bing there we go so what we're doing now if you're not already subscribed remember we have two sites and they kind of work together there's autoconverse.com and there's autoconversion.net two separate subscriptions because uh, we focus on a relatively broad audience of business and technology so autoconverse has really evolved from just being future mobility and now it's really anything related to mobility technology and connectivity that obviously includes automotive topics and content as well so if you're subscribed what will happen is you'll get an email automatically from the blog on on each event that we publish there same thing for auto conversion and if you look on the sign up page there's links to there's a Facebook event and again we're auto archiving the show the show once it's the stream ends so you have to have the link to access it of course you can always get the uh, listen to it on the auto converse podcast as well and something else we've launched is we've uh, opened up our Slack network to general membership. And we've got a lot of neat stuff in the works. So between our programming and our brand partnerships and some of our educational programs that we run, you definitely want to get yourself involved in the Slack network. So we're in the process of updating all of the registrations so that when you do register, you automatically get invited to uh, our Slack network. And I know, Jason, you recently got in there. So you know what we're talking about. Um, like I said, if you tune in for the show today, whether you the beginning, the end or the whole thing or the replay or the podcast, uh, let us know and we'll automatically enter in to win uh, two free tickets to Digital Dealer 27, which is next month. And again, you can save $200 by registering uh, using our promo code ACDD27. 
I'm Ryan Girardi. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we have no show next week, just as a heads up, taking a little vacation. And then I'll be back the week after that with Sean Welsh from Car Biz Done Better. Uh, and he and I are going to have a little powwow. Uh, I won't give a preview of what we're talking about, but it's going to be soupy, if anything. So thanks again for tuning in. We're going to go ahead and shut down. And thank you to Catherine and Jason as well for joining us. Take care, everyone. This is Audiburst Media.